Amen. Welcome to Teaching Others Also. Turn your Bible to Psalm 7. Psalm 7. It is a Monday morning, 7th of February, 2022. At this time, I would normally do my radio broadcast format. We've been doing Fishing for Souls. Today would be number 11. What I, is on my heart today is connected to being a fisher of souls, but it's not going to be labeled that. It's uh, And it won't be limited to 14 or 15 minutes. I may try to get through it in that time. But this has been on my heart for quite a while, and today happens to be the 7th, and it works well for Psalm 7. I don't know what you do. Sometimes I would, at least for a month, I would recommend this. Read through the book of Psalms in a month by reading the date, which is today's the 7th. So you'd read the 7th and the 37th, and the 67th, and the 97th, and the 127th Psalm. And when you do that, you read five a day, you read it through every month. For years, I've read it through every month, the book of Psalms, by doing that. (coughs) And I would really recommend it. Today's the 7th, and we're going to look at Psalm 7. This has a direct connection to be a fisher of souls, and you'll see why, because it goes to our spirit. And I'm going to speak to you today, I'm going to preach on God's part, comma, our part. God's part, our part. Psalm 7, verse 1. O Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me, lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces while there is none to deliver. And may I interject right here and say to you, get in your thought pattern right now for a minute with me and focus on this idea that he said lest he tear my soul he's not talking about his body the great burden of life for a christian for a human being is what goes on in your soul and you cannot define it i know theology tries to and i've read more than i care to even remember that i've read about this speculation what's the soul of man what's the spirit of mankind etc But the idea is he's tearing your inner being. It can be your mind. It can be your heart, etc. It can be a combination of them. So he said, lest he tear my soul like a lion. 1 Peter 5, your mind probably runs there where he said, he goeth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has to have permission like he did with Job. Verse 3, O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there be iniquity in my hands, If I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, yea, I have delivered him that without cause is mine enemy. Would you mark that down? Get the difference between David's attitude and a lot of people out there who are Christians, maybe even some of you are listening. It is not a dispensational answer to say when he said pray for your enemies and then which despitefully use you that you cannot excuse yourself dispensationally from that thought. Because there's too many other scriptures that go across all those and bring them together. It will have its place perhaps at some time, but that has always been God's way for his people. David said that he delivered him that without cause was his enemy. He said, if I've rewarded evil on him that was at peace with me. Do you understand that God wants you to be at peace? Even in the midst of trials and troubles, He wants you to be at peace with other people. 
He doesn't want you having the attitude the world has today. You know, the little video that went viral of the fellow driving down the road and somebody's tailgating him, and so he hits the brakes, and finally the other guy comes around the side, and the guy's going to throw one of these plastic water bottles at him. In the meantime, this fellow gets him out of pistol out of the console, and, and he doesn't know that guy's going to shoot at him. He's, he's the one ready to shoot, and he, I mean, he unloads on this guy through his own side window, windshield. It's ridiculous. And the point is, that's the attitude a lot of believers are picking up from this world because that is the attitude of the flesh. Let us read on. He said, if I've done that, let the enemy persecute my soul and take it. Yea, let him tread down my life upon the earth and lay mine honor in the dust. Selah. So David is concerned with his relationship with God. He's going to let God do his part, and David's concerned with his part. God's part, your part. Okay? Verse 6. Arise, O Lord, in thine anger. Lift up thyself because of the rage of mine enemies, and awake for me to the judgment that thou hast commanded. So shall the congregation of the people compass thee about. For their sakes, therefore, return thou on high. Now we know this all has all kind of second advent applications. We know that. And we know that uh, there's been times in history when God's people, during this church time, church age, this age where God is dealing with us and the Gentiles get in, we know that there's been that case of God's people. He said, verse 8, The Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity that is in me. David isn't trying to get to heaven by faith and works. If that makes the skin crawl up in the back of your neck, listen to somebody else or consider that you may not have this pat answer that you picked up from somebody in the past, somebody that I respect and admired, but that doesn't mean they're infallible and right about everything. If you're not careful, you want an answer to things that what you're supposed to do is take it at face value by God and not divide and not have a formula. I have heard men who were incredibly away from God, I mean morally away from God, be able to get up and do the whole dispensational chart and not make a mistake according to the master dispensationalists of our last hundred years. So be careful. That is not a spiritually revealed doctrine. Verse uh, 9, Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and reigns. You know what God's doing with you and me all the time? He's trying our heart and the reins. Reins, like on a horse. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You do not want to get on there and have a horse that won't obey the reins. And if you've ever had it happen, it's not a pleasant experience if it's horse has got any spirit about him. Verse 10. Here we go. Verse 10 to 17 is my main focus this morning. My defense is of God which saveth the upright in heart. Now, you may go through things physically, financially, relationship-wise, but God is still your defense, and He's still saving you. He wants you to be able to still have that walk with Him. Saving you doesn't mean you're going to win every confrontation. It does not. God judges the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Would you make a note here, in your mind, on a piece of paper, in your Bible? God is angry with the wicked every day. You 
And I are not supposed to be angry with the wicked every day. That doesn't make you godly. Got it? Because, <coughs> watch this, watch. We're going to come right back to this because this is one of the main things of attitude that we have. And we're living in a perilous time when it comes to attitude and spirit. If he turn not, okay, who? The wicked. If he turn not, he will wet his sword. Who? What he? God. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. God's going to deal with the wicked if they don't turn. He hath also prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordaineth his arrows against the persecutors. So, let's go through this list real quick. You've got to get the he's right in your Bible. And in context of verses. You've got to get God is our defense at the core of how you think. You've got to get God is angry with the wicked every day. Now watch. Verse 14, Behold, he travails with iniquity and hath conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. Is that God? No. That's the other he. He made a pit and digged it and is fallen in the ditch which he, had met, which he made. His mischief shall return upon his own head. His violent dealing shall come down upon his own pate. Get the he's right. Now hear me out. You better do that in your daily life. You better do that in controlling what you listen to. And I mean, even some so-called preaching and teaching, you better be careful. Because someone's called a preacher or teacher, and this includes me, doesn't mean that you can just follow us without checking our spirit out. It's a dangerous thing. Look at verse 17. I will praise the Lord according to His righteousness, God's righteousness. And will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. I'm going to repeat this at the end, but get this. He is all righteous. God is. So, he gets all praise, and it is all about him on our part. Now, we are told in many places, and we're going to go look at them. Uh, this today would be Psalm 37. Go there. Would be one of the daily psalms, because today is the 7th, and it'd be the 7th, and then you add 30. And it works like the book of Proverbs. On the 31st, you can do what you want. But see, there's 150 of them. Divide that by five, you've got 30 days. Now watch, Psalm 37. <laughs> Let's pick up a few verses. Verse 1, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Bam! You see that? That says, keep your attitude in check. You say, well, brother, you're going to I'm teaching to preach, and I am. I, listen, this is so important. This is where the enemy is going to sink the boat and wound and hinder God's people today. <coughs> Verse 2, they shall soon be cut down like the grass withers the green herb. That doesn't mean the midterm elections. That doesn't mean this four-year term. You, you're going to have to let God know what soon is. And I know what you're going to say in your mind. You're saying it right now. It's not soon enough. It must be. Because look at verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. You say, well, we're not in the Old Testament. We don't have the land. Yeah, you have a land. You better read your Bible and listen to your hymns. You have a land. That land is you. Your being 
is the land of promise for God that he'll said, he said he'll give you victory over it. And wherever you are, it can be his. Watch. Verse 4, delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee desires of thine heart. That does not say, it does not say, it does not say, delight in the Lord and he'll change the elections. I, I'm with you on a lot of stuff, okay? I wish it was different, but it ain't. And it isn't supposed to be our focus. Do you not understand some of us who are shepherds at heart? Shepherds are soldiers at heart. They're protectors. They take action. They run towards the fire. I understand this. So some of us, especially some of us who have that, that spirit about us, we've got to make sure we stay on the right focus. Commit thy way unto the Lord. So when he says he'll give you the desires of heart, that's two-edged. He'll, he'll help you and give you desires. And when you delight in the Lord, your desires will be purified. Oh, yeah. Some of you don't want to desire in the Lord because you know he'll change your desires. And you're so hung up on vengeance and proof and, and whatever he's getting away with. You're, and you just listen to the noise and you feed upon the noise. And you, you say, well, do you know any of the noise? I Listen, I understand the noise. I know what the noise is saying. But we cannot afford, you cannot afford to let the noise get you. Verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as light, thy judgment as the noonday. These verses are not locked in the past, dear friend. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. And I guarantee you that most people within the sound of my voice if you decided to, in 30 seconds, you could have a whole list of people who have used wicked devices and brought them to pass. Verse 8, you ready? Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, etc., etc., etc. Proverbs 27, go to Proverbs on the way through. We're going to look at a handful of verses. Now, For in your mind, some of you are about to burst. Some of you wish that somehow you could push a button and you could interrupt me right here and you could say, Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and sin not. Yeah. And it says, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. It says, Be angry and sin not. What about all the verses that tell you don't even be angry? Because there's such a little tiny form of anger that you can do that and not sin. It's a little teeny tiny bit. And it has nothing to do with politics. And it has nothing to do with the economy. And it has nothing to do... Okay, now watch. I understand. If God tells each individuals, you know, stand and you pay the price over your personal body. I get all that. But he didn't tell you to become a crusader for that. He told you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can do your little flim-flam and your little shell game and, and convince some of the people around you that that is preaching the gospel to get involved in that, and it ain't. The Constitution of the United States of America is a wonderful document, but it is not the Bible. It is not what God told us to defend. You say, well, brother, aren't there some people that God will use them to it? That's fine with them. But if it gives them or they harbor an angry spirit, they better be careful. Watch again. 
Proverbs 27, 4, wrath is cruel, anger is outrageous. But who's able to stand before en envy? A lot of what's going on out there, folks, a lot of it is anger, and wrath is cruel, anger is outrageous. Who's able to stand before envy? All right, New Testament, Ephesians 4. I know you all know these verses, but sometimes, if you're like me, it helps when someone reminds you of the verse. It helps if the Holy Ghost reminds you of a verse. It helps if you come across it. It helps if someone says, well, brother, what about this verse? <laughs> and you're like, okay. Mm -mm. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Verse 25. I wasn't going to go through all this, but we will. Verse 23. Verse. Oh, my goodness. All right, verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God has created righteous, true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth is his neighbor, for we are members one of another. By the way, speaking truth is your neighbor is not blabbing everything you know. It is not. It is not telling everything you happen to know of someone that might have fallen or whatever or something that happened because you may not have the whole story. The, the biggest mistake today is people think that, as Christians think, they should treat knowledge, so-called knowledge, <coughs> the way the world treats it. The world pulls a trigger and then tries to find out if it's so. Now watch. For you are members of one, one of another. Verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now watch. Neither give place to the devil. Let him the stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Some of y'all need to clean up your mouth. You've let stuff sneak in there, and you've done it because of the world, and you think it makes you a bold preacher, you know, and rude conversation, and not, so I'm like the Apostle Paul. You're not. You're just backslidden. Yeah. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Some of y'all quote stuff that other people say, you know, shock and awe, and you're not supposed to be. Listen, some of, some of the so-called, what do you ever call them, commentators, reporters, conservative ones, they won't even read certain stuff or show certain stuff because they have enough sense to know you're not supposed to put corrupt stuff out there. He said... Don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. By the way, he said, let no. Circle the word, N-O. You know how much that is? None. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You are supposed to be building people up. You are supposed to be edifying them. Now, me saying what I'm saying, if it gets you under conviction, that's not me not edifying you. I'm trying to build you up. Some of that framework is rotted out. You let termites get in there and eat at you. <clears throat> verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed on the day of redemption. Now watch, let all. So how much corrupt communication? None. How much of this are we going to get rid of? All. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. The child of God is not supposed to be the one that sounds just like everybody else. You say, well, I'm on that 
conservative, I'm on the far right, but you're not supposed to sound like the lost people or professing Christians who have dropped the ball on their life and have let down their guard. You're not supposed to, my friend. And listen, if, if what I'm saying today helps one person somehow miraculously reaches out into the, you know, into the hearing place way out there all over the world, if just one person is helped by it, it's worth taking the time to do it, even if someone else turns it off. Because it's our attitude that keeps other people from coming to Christ many times. And then we want to believe that it's because they didn't want God and I do want God. And many times, just like in fishing, it's the fisher that gets in the way. Many times. Amen. And we're going to talk about fishing and all those skills. But verse, 20, verse 32, especially when it comes to Christians, verse 32, ready? And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It's a whole series of messages in itself to get the point across. But I think you got it. Come to the right. One more verse and then we'll tie it up. I hope you left your place there in Psalm 7 because we're going to look at one last verse. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 and verse 8. He gives a whole list of these things. In verse 5, he said, Mortify therefore, like kill them, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. That's loving anything too much evil concupiscence, and covetousness which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off, mark it, all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy communication out of your mouth. Child of God, I'm going to challenge you with this. Please go back to Psalm 7. Psalm 7. You said, I'm never going to ask somebody, please turn to a scripture. I know, you're Mr. Rude and Crude, and you're about as much a blessing as athlete's foot, or worse. You say, how can you say that? Because I'm telling you, and I'll admit it, I think one of the great Heirs of the day that we live in right now, 2022, is that so much teaching and preaching has taken on the spirit of the world and the spirit of flesh worn against flesh and the spirit of thinking that because someone's knowledgeable about something about that as, as easy as picking apart, say, the Constitution of the United States or laws or, or violation of personal rights and all that, that that makes them knowledgeable. It doesn't. The lost people do it, and some of them are really good at it. Some of them in the past have been better at it than others even. That doesn't make you and I anything inside of God. Psalm 7. We cannot afford to let that spirit in our hearts and minds, and we cannot afford to be communicating it to other believers and then especially in our life if we're going to try to be fishers of souls. 
I'm going to close with this today. Psalm 7, verse 17. I will praise the Lord according to His righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. If you want to talk about the world, if you want to talk about horrible leaders and all the dastardly deeds they're doing, I will give you a piece of advice that I'll never have to back up on, and I mean it with all my heart. I believe it in my own life. I believe it. It's right here in this psalm. Ready? Who is, whom is David speaking to in Psalm 7? Whom is David talking to about the wicked? Whom is David talking to about the iniquity? Whom is David talking to about all the stuff that's going on? He's talking to God. It is the easiest thing on earth, dear friend, to blab and blow your mouth off at, to others and bring their spirit down too. And you can do what you want, but I don't put up with it. I try to be as gracious as possible, but I'm not going to sit there or stand there and listen to blah, 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 that you could push a button on your phone or your tablet or your TV or whatever it is you use and you could find the same stuff being said by people who don't even know Jesus Christ. You say, well, there's these, there's these Christian leaders now doing it. So what? It wasn't the way Jesus Christ did think. You said, he spoke out against those scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites! He did. And then the Bible says he went about doing good. And the Bible said he, had, he was full of grace. You ain't. Why don't you get more like him before you try to copy the part of him that, that feels good to your flesh? I was around it growing up spiritually. I understand. There's this line that once you cross it, now listen to me, that you cross this line, you are over into carnal attitudes backed by your misuse of Scripture. We cannot do that. Brothers and sisters, we need to be the ones who have the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ towards others. And I mean, for me, the more Bible knowledge I get, the more I want to be that way because God's part is to deal with them. And my part is to worship God and be the source that I can possibly be in case somebody through gospel tracts or preaching or especially coming in contact with us can see that God is different than this world. He is not the lion right now. He is the lamb of God that, which taketh away the sin of the world. He is not come back yet in vengeance. He is not ready to do that or he would have done it. You are not part of his army of retribution and vengeance. You're supposed to be part of his gospel army. The army of the gospel. I will challenge you today. You read these verses. Read some of the verses I've mentioned. You get on your face before God. and You say, why are you doing all this? Because we need today, everywhere, everywhere within the sound of my voice, we need people who are going to go out and fish for souls with the spirit of the master fisherman of souls, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, if I'd run into some of you people out there, 
and I'm, I'm trying to say this with love. I mean it, and I am with, doing it with love. If I had met you, I probably wouldn't have come to Christ. Because I would have, went, I would have said, well, that doesn't, nothing's made any difference in their attitude. They're worse than racetrackers. And so I would, I would beseech you today. Say, well, I'm a baby Christian. I've never gone that route. Then I'm asking you to put up a guard against. Stay away from Christians who are just like this world but call themselves Christians. I don't mean morally. I don't mean they're down at the pub. I mean the source, of the, the the conversation, the spirit. They're concerned about God's part when they need to be concerned about their part. The verse 10. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. God judges the righteous. God is angry with the wicked every day. My part is he's going to be my defense. And then verse 17, I will praise him and sing to him. And then watch. You ready? I'm going to let him do his part. I'm going to let him defend me, defend me, two things, and deal with the wicked. That's his part. And I'm going to trust him to do that. You say, would you just let him run all over you? No, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Go read, the, go read your, your Bible. Go read history. God's always needed people who could live for him under horrible circumstances. And the horrible circumstances are coming and it will not be the tribulation yet. You're not going through the, to the mid-trib and all that. It's just bad times that aren't even near as bad as the Book of Mar Fox's Book of Martyrs yet. And I really pray that this will be a blessing to somebody that some of you who are baby Christians, put your guard up and some of you We'll get this thing right and be a source of light with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. May God be with you today. and We will be back in the morning with the radio broadcast format.